Welcome to the In Plain Language Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm the founder of Multi the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books, found in homes and classrooms around the world. I'm truly so excited that you're here. You want your child's speech and language skills to thrive, which is exactly what this podcast will help make happen. Every other week, we'll be bringing you direct, tangible advice and tips about speech and language from top experts around the world. These are the language tools that will make an incredible difference in your child's life. Be sure to pick up your copy of Multi the Blue Tiger, available in English and Spanish and English and French on Amazon today. Or check out our language learning audio stories at multithebluetiger.com to help your child learn new language skills and embrace their unique voice. It's something that both kids and adults often forget. Making mistakes is okay. What's more, it's essential if you're learning a new language. Fear of sounding funny or having an accent or just quote-unquote failing are big things that hold people back from becoming multilingual. However, if you can teach your child it's okay to forget a word, to pronounce something incorrectly at first when they're talking to a native speaker, or even to take little breaks on their language learning journey, they'll be more likely to stick with it in the long run. Lauren Stengel is a non-native Spanish speaker, language teacher, and bilingual homeschooling mom who learned Spanish starting in middle school and who still practices it to this day so she can teach it to her kids. As with any language learning journey, that involved making mistakes along the way. She believes a second language is one of the greatest gifts you can give your child. And to help others on their bilingual journey, Lauren writes seasonal plans designed to help families speak more Spanish at home, which are found on her website, bilingualtogether.com. I am fourth generation Mexican-American. So what that means is my great grandparents came here from Mexico. Um, Both of my grandparents were born in California. They into Spanish speaking homes, they met, they married. And then when they had kids, Spanish was the language in their home, but they intentionally decided to drop the Spanish and just go with the English. They didn't want my mom or her siblings to um, be discriminated against. And so Spanish was lost. And so when I was born and when I was young, I was so connected to the Mexican side of my family, to my grandparents. My great-grandmother was still alive, and she didn't speak English. And so I, I just felt there were all these stories that I couldn't access, and I always wished that I had spoke Spanish as a kid. It was a part of my heritage that I felt very keenly was missing. And so I decided to learn Spanish and in middle school was when my um, school offered it. And so since I was in middle school, I've been studying Spanish. And even even to this day, from time to time, I meet with a tutor and and work on my Spanish. So it's something that I am continually improving. But just being connected to the linguistic part of my heritage was a big deal for me. And and that, that was also why I wanted my kids to learn Spanish is, um, you know, I know that it's easier to learn a second language as a child. I, I uh, studied language, but I also um, have my certificate to teach English as a second language. So I've taught language. And through all those studies, I knew there there is a time where it's easier to learn a language. And I just thought, I want to give my kids that gift. Of course, learning a new language involves saying words incorrectly over and over until you get them right. It involves trying new sounds you've never made before. 
It involves talking to speakers of that language and not always being able to say what you want during those conversations. For Lauren, being comfortable with trying new things and being okay with failing is what helped her learn Spanish and continue to practice it as an adult. This is something she tries to pass on to her kids as well, she says. You know, I, I guess I guess I should say I think it came naturally, but you could also, there's this sense in which I was raised in a family where it was okay to fail and it was okay to try things. And, you know, when I was thinking about this question of, you know, how do we teach our kids it's okay to make mistakes? And I think, you know, when you're when you're speaking another language or when you're learning a second language, but I think it goes back to just a kids feeling okay in other, in all areas of life to try and to fail and to pick themselves back up. And it, I don't think it's something that comes easy to me as a parent, even though that I was raised by parents who gave us freedom to fail and try again. And I think probably a lot of my confidence to make mistakes or just to, you know, put myself out there and attempt to communicate with someone, uh, you know, whether or not I do so perfectly came out of that. But as, as a mom, it's actually really hard. Like if I'm making cookies with my kids and they stir the bowl too hard and, you know, flour goes everywhere. Like, you know, I don't think, oh, this is a great opportunity to to have them practice failing and being okay with it. You know, I have to take a deep breath and, and you know, make a conscious decision to say, all right, no big deal. Let's sweep this up and keep going. So I think, you know, being okay to make a mistake in language, you know, in learning and, and putting yourself out there, I think can be kind of connected to a lot of things in, in how you're raised and how failing is viewed in general. But I, I do think there are kids who are, who have a harder time with that, you know, who are born with more of a perfectionism. Some kids get a little shy when it comes to talking to native speakers of the language they're learning. If they are prone to perfectionism, they might be worried about saying something incorrectly or not being understood by the other person. However, this is a crucial part of learning another language so that kids can be actively bilingual, says Lauren. Yeah, so when you're talking about language learning, there's two factors that come into play um, in, in raising a bilingual kid. And the first is exposure. They need to be exposed uh, to, you know, the minority language, in this case, Spanish. And, but the second factor is need. And your kids, a kid needs to feel the need to use the language. With enough exposure, they will understand Spanish. But unless they feel that they need to use it, they won't speak it. They won't speak the language. And that's called passive bilingualism, when you can understand the language, but you can't uh, produce the language, can't speak it. There's a bunch of benefits to that. So if that's what your kids are doing, don't feel like you've failed. Um, that, that's awesome if you, you know, can reach a passive bilingual level. But taking it to the next level to, be, um, to have an active bilingual kid who can use that language, you have to create the need. And this has been hard for me because I am not a native Spanish speaker. My husband doesn't speak Spanish. Our families don't speak Spanish. And so I've had to get creative. Um, one awesome thing, if your kids are young enough or, or if you can find people in your community that you know are either newly from a Spanish speaking country um, or their kids don't yet speak English, 
Um, and you, you can hang out with them and go on play dates. And that was huge for my kids when we were, when my son was really little, we had, he had a buddy that, um, hadn't started kindergarten yet. And so he only spoke Spanish. And when they were together, my son had to speak Spanish if they were going to play. And so that, that really maintained my son's ability to speak Spanish. He was about four years old at the time when, when we had that little buddy in our life. Um, now, you know, we, we have since moved. And so finding community is always, is always a big deal. You can also, um, you know, now they have great options for online tutoring. And that's something that we've started uh, with, with my two older kids who are eight and six now. And that's been, that's been phenomenal. And it's just an hour a week where, you know, actually their tutor does speak English, but I, I told her not to tell them. So they don't know she speaks English and they think they feel the need to speak to her in Spanish. And so, you know, it's pretty cool for me because sometimes they'll speak to me in Spanish, but a lot of times they won't because um, they know they can speak to me in English. And so it's fun for me just to sit back and listen and hear them speak Spanish for an hour and realize, okay, it's in there and, and they can do this if they need to. And so, you know, I think getting creative in, 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 you know, organizing a situation where your kids feel the need to use the language is important. You know, one other place that has been really great is our local library. They have a Spanish story time. And I take my four-year-old now, I take my four-year-old, my baby there. And, um, and he thinks that he thinks we need to speak Spanish there. Um, and even though everybody in that room probably also speaks English, it is just a space where he feels like Spanish is the communication language. And so he really tries to speak Spanish there. And it, and that's cool to see. Um, and I guess one last thing is to say that I'm, I'm not above bribery. And so there are times or seasons, you know, if we've been hanging out with extended family over a Christmas vacation or something, and we come home and, and my kids are just, you know, English is easier for them. And, and so we come home and I say, all right, we're home now. We're going to start speaking Spanish again. And there's a lot of whining and gnashing of teeth. And, and, uh, I found that bribery works and sometimes it's, it's all right. And I fill, I fill a big mason jar full of gummy worms and I say, all right, we're going to speak Spanish or, you know, me, I'm mom is going to speak Spanish. And if you catch me speaking English, then everybody gets a gummy worm. And so, you know, it goes from, Oh, we don't want to speak Spanish to, to all right. Like, let's see how many gummy worms we can get today. And so, you know, they're, they're, what, whatever works, I think. Uh, most of the time, I have to bust myself because they don't they don't catch when I'm switching languages. So if I speak English, I actually usually bust myself and I say, "Oh man, I just spoke English," and then they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, right, gummy worms." You can also normalize the use of another language around your house through things you know they already love, like music or a bit of screen time. Yeah, I mean, I listen to music in Spanish all the time. I was raised on it. My mom would put on merengue music when we would clean the house and salsa music. So I was, that is one thing, you know, where I was raised just with a house full of music. And so that's something I do for my kids, for sure. We listen to Spanish music, you know, all the time. And then, you know, screen time is another really low hanging fruit 
way to, you know, get a lot of quality lang- or quantity, a lot of words, you know, language exposure to your kids. Um, and a lot of parents tell me, yeah, but my kids complain and they say they don't understand it. And, uh, and I always laugh and I just say, well, then tell them they can go do something else. <laughs> they don't have to watch TV right now. Because uh, that's always what I tell my kids if I'm, you know, we're watching most, you know, 80% of our screen time is in Spanish. And and that's just the way it is. And if they don't want to watch something in Spanish, I just say, okay, go play outside. Oh, okay, we'll watch it in Spanish. Because of course, they want to, you know, they want to watch something. So yeah, those those are definitely ways that we boost Spanish in our house. Being a great language learning role model for your kids can mean that you try to learn the language alongside them. Or it can simply involve encouraging them to try new words and phrases and to make mistakes along the way. Applaud their efforts, not just their successes in remembering certain vocabulary or saying something correctly. And share how you've perhaps learned your greatest lessons from making mistakes yourself. And as they're learning how to say things in the new language and perhaps feel self-conscious about how they sound, remind them that everyone speaks in a unique and beautiful way. Um, man, it is so hard. I think, I think one of the biggest things, you know, especially I, if there's other parents out there who are not native speakers, or, you know, maybe your kids are in a dual language program and they actually speak better than you do, but you want to encourage them. Um, I think the two things I can say, one is, is set a realistic goal for yourself uh, before I had children, I assumed that I was going to only speak Spanish with them 100% of the time. Um, and then I had children and I realized English is my heart language. And there are conversations I want to have with my kids in English. And I just had to revisit like, what what is my goal? And what can I realistically do so that my kids are bilingual and they do understand Spanish and speak Spanish? but the pressure isn't 100% on me um, because, you know, language is important, but my relationship with my kids is more important. And so just trying to figure out, you know, take a look at yourself and figure out what is my, what is my goal? What am I capable of doing? And then don't give up. And there are times and there are, there are long seasons, like six months, where I didn't speak a word of Spanish to my kids for whatever reason. You know, we had just moved or some, you know, life, something difficult happened. And and I just couldn't bring myself to carry that through a season. And and just to give yourself grace that that it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think I think the important thing for me and for my kids that they have seen is that this is important enough to mom that she she doesn't give up. She, you know, there might be a season where things are on pause or things are on hold, but then then when I can catch my breath and when I can, you know, summon the energy to get back on this journey, we pick it back up and and we, you know, we make up for lost time where we can or we adjust goals where we need to. But I think, you know, giving a realistic goal for what you want and what you can do, pulling in other people and community to shore up your weaknesses. And then, man, you know, especially right now with everything going on there, I'm sure there are families that are like, this is too hard to do right now. 
And so give yourself a break, but don't give up and pick it back up when you can. And so I think those things more, you know, more important than we are doing this perfectly kids is, is this idea of like, this is important and this is our goal and we are pushing for it. And if we fall down, we get back up. And, you know, if we don't speak Spanish for six months, hey, we're going to dust ourselves off and say, we lost this, guys. Let's pick it back up, you know. And so moving forward, keeping going, that's, that. it's hard, but that's important. You know, the moment some perfection is your goal, you're going to give up because life isn't that way. You can use the code MALTY, that's M-A-L-T-Y, to get 10% off Lauren's morning time plans at bilingualtogether.com. We'll be back with a new episode of In Plain Language in two weeks. In the meantime, if you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is light to everyone who works so hard to produce and contribute to each and every episode. For more language inspiration and tips, follow Malti the Blue Tiger on social media and be sure to pick up your copies of the book, available in English and Spanish or English and French, to give the kids in your life the incredible gift of language and confidence in their unique voices.